1: Welcome to episode 112 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Emma Vedikant. Emma is a software engineer working on GoToMeeting. In February this year, Emma quit her job as a front-end developer at IBM, sold everything, and moved from Austin, Texas, to Karlsruhe, Germany. Emma enjoys blogging about her career and technology, and is an avid reader. So, Emma. Can I ask you to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
0: Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So I received my bachelor's in computer science in 2015 in upstate New York at Siena College. And after that time, I picked up and moved down to Austin, Texas. Prior to that, I had an internship at IBM where I automated the installation of WebSphere Application Server on ZOS in Python. And that is an absolute mouthful. Um, Essentially, I was just, I I was doing test automation in Python. And it was during the internship that I received my full-time position down in Texas. So I moved down to Texas. I started to work on IBM Spectrum Control, so enterprise storage systems. Um, And about a year and a half in, I received an email from the vice president of systems and transformation at IBM. And and he wanted me to come work on his design team. So I switched roles about a year and a half in. And working on a design team was possibly one of the greatest things I've ever done. So I got to work on a lot of fun projects. I worked on Linux on Power Developer Portal. I worked on support transformation. And then the coolest project was quantum computing. So I sat on a design team. We had researchers, UX, visual designers, and I was essentially the front-end developer. So I got to prototype. I also got to build the IBM Quantum Network site. Um, And then in February this year, I up and quit and I moved to Germany and I started a job at Logbian as a software engineer. And that brings us to today.
1: Well, how's the new role going?
0: Oh, it's great. I love it. Um, I loved being on a design team and I learned so many valuable skills from that, but there's also something very special about being part of an engineering squad as well. So, um, you know, I got to focus on the design team for a year and a half and now I get to work on the engineering side again.
1: In terms of the two companies you've worked for, is there any particular cultural difference? Obviously you've got the uh, nationality differences, but is there any specific cultural differences that you've noticed?
0: I mean, there are going to definitely be cultural differences uh, between the U.S. and Germany. One big thing is the respective work-life balance I find in Germany is a lot better. Um, You know, when, when my colleagues and I go home at the end of the day, we're not expected to sign back on or to answer emails or anything to that extent, which is great. And moving from IBM, which is a, a huge company and employs so many people, to a smaller company like LogMeIn, which is actually still an American company, there are definitely some like structural differences and logistics and all of that. I think I definitely prefer the smaller company. I feel like I I personally, maybe it's just a mental thing, but I feel like I can make more of a difference in a company that's a little bit smaller. So there are benefits to both. Um, and I, I totally loved my time at IBM, and I love my time at LogMeIn. So, yeah.
1: Okay. So, Emma, can you maybe share a career tip with the IT Career jazz audience, one they perhaps don't know and should?
0: My biggest tip is to find your niche. So, when I started in development, I I really loved the computer science theory of things. I love the technical side, but I also had that creative bug in me. So, The problem was I didn't love Java um, and (laughs) the concepts really never made sense to me. However, when I started my career down in Texas, I was switched over to front-end and that was really where I fell in love with it, specifically with design and accessibility. So that doesn't mean there aren't things that I'm not super fond of in front-end development. I don't love the deeper technical areas necessarily, but um, finding my niche within design and with accessibility helped me fall even deeper in love with it. So you're not going to necessarily be in love with every aspect of development. So it's really important to find the thing that you're passionate about and learn as much as you can about it. And just you know, to add on to that, just because your, your career doesn't follow the same path as someone else, it does not mean it's not successful. So there's no one path fits all. I just want to make that point because a lot of developers think, well, I didn't go to college and get a computer science degree, and I'm here to tell you that that's okay. I have a computer science degree, and it has helped me to some extent, but it's not the only way to be successful in this
1: career. That's very true. You, you can come in from all routes. A lot of the sort of what you might call the humanities sides of college degrees and, and, and qualifications, a lot of people come in from that route these days.
0: Absolutely. And and uh my first manager at IBM, when I was an intern, he was great. And he actually had a degree in English. IBM used to hire people who didn't have technical degrees because back in the day, you know, it was such a new field. You there wasn't there wasn't a computer science degree. And what I find fascinating is a lot of times um you see engineers with a musical background, and I myself am one of those people, it's very interesting to see the cadence and the duology between creative minds who are interested in art and music and the technically minded people. Um, There's definitely a good collaboration between the two.
1: Absolutely. So Emma, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience?
0: I mentioned previously that I was working on IBM Quantum. I was single handedly asked to build the IBM Q network site which was really great because I got to choose my technology. Um, I got to learn a lot of new skills. So I finished the website and then I flew home from Texas back to New York and had to spend the holidays with my family. And then the day before the website was going to go live, I received a call from one of the higher level women on the team. And she said, there was you know a miscommunication with marketing. And there were several changes I needed to make to the site just a few hours before going live. I think this was like 9 p.m. the night before. So (laughs) I ended up, you know, staying up for several hours and, and, uh, taking time away from my family, but there was no one at fault for this. Right. So this taught me one, one important lesson. And that was that communication is key. So this is a responsibility on both parties, you know, the stakeholders, as well as the developers or the designers working on a project and that communication is really key. So you need to make sure that you have all the necessary information to complete a project before you really get started. And, um, I wouldn't qualify this as my worst moment because I like to take these and, and turn them into really great experiences if, if possible. But it was something that I learned a lot from.
1: In terms of communication, obviously, you, um, you mentioned that happened towards the end. Do you feel that's a result of communication not having been consistent throughout?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the IT world, I think that there's a barrier between marketing and you know maybe design and engineering um unfortunately there seems to be this kind of silo around engineering and i really i want to challenge that right so if i need some key information from marketing or from design in order to get my project done i'm going to make sure that i communicate with the right people from the beginning in order to get all of those those pieces of information that are necessary to complete the project
1: yeah that's great advice so moving away from your worst IT career moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success?
0: Like I mentioned, I'm definitely a proponent of trying to turn your negative experiences into positive ones. So building this IBM Q network site was definitely one of my biggest achievements. I like to take my worst moments and and do something with them, whether that's, you know, learning from them or just shifting my mindset a little bit. So you know, although I spent, you know, several hours the night before really pushing for this to be as great as it could be, it really was my career highlight because when it was released, it was released to the world. And I can sit here and say, you know, I built this. I built this from scratch with technology that I had never used before. I chose a new JavaScript framework and I did this myself. And that for me was so rewarding because the first time that you single handedly build something or if you're working on a small team and it gets released and it's very public, there's no better feeling in the world than that. So I checked my worst moment and I turned it into my career highlight.
1: Yes, There's a combination of starting out with the creativity, innovating, I suppose, and then actually seeing it out in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There is no better feeling than seeing your baby, the thing that you've worked on for months finally get accepted by the public and, and see all the positive reactions from people. That's just a great feeling.
1: So Emma, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular?
0: Volatility. So how can you really get bored in a field that's constantly changing? Um, this might be a negative for some people, the fact that this field changes so quickly and there's always new technology coming out and, and all of that. But to me, that's the exciting part how can you get bored? Um, There's really no limit to what you can build. And the community is so vast and in general, so helpful that even if you get stuck learning something, there's always someone willing to help you. So just the concept that you can really learn anything and build anything that you want these days.
1: That's very true. And, And you touch on the point that the change is continual as well. So I think anybody working in this particular industry has to be very open um, and ready to accept that change is happening all the time. And therefore, you need to be adaptable and agile.
0: And actually, that goes against like my personality. I don't love change. I'm normally quite resistant to it. I get comfortable. But I, recently, over the last year, I've, I've tried to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, yes. You kind of have to, to some degree, in this in this career.
1: You do. Absolutely. We're going to move into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you. You ready for this? Absolutely. So what first attracted you to a career in IT?
0: I was never interested in IT, if I'm being honest. Um, (laughs) Growing up, uh, my father is an architect and, and senior software engineer at IBM, and my mother is a senior designer at IBM. And so the field just never seemed appealing to me because, you know, when you're growing up and your parents tell you, you should look at engineering. And of course, the first thing you do is not look at engineering. So I never wanted to. And when I started college, I was a biology major. I really wanted to be an obstetrician. My whole life growing up, I wanted to deliver babies for a living. Um, And I got into college and I realized I was terrible at it. Like I was terrible (laughs) at biology and chemistry. It's just not the way my brain thinks. And so... I switched into actuarial science, um, which is very statistics and math-based, and it was during that time when I took an intro to computer science course, and we got to learn about the history of computer science, and I remember one lesson in particular, we learned how to convert binary into hex, into octal, and decimal, and just something within that lesson totally just hooked me, and so I haven't looked back since.
1: Right, Okay. What is the best career advice you've ever received?
0: It's definitely to be consistent. So I have a colleague at work and he and I talk about career. We talk about, you know, tech, we talk about everything. Um, And the best advice he gave me was to be consistent, even if no one's listening. So um, the problem was I was writing all these blog posts and at that point, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't on Twitter really for my career. He said, you need to get on Twitter because people are sharing your work and and they can't tag you if you're not on social media. So I got back on Twitter and he said, you need to just be consistent, be consistent with posting, with writing. And even if no one's listening, they will come at some point. And that was definitely the best advice because at that point I kind of gave up on the notion that I needed to have like a following in order to be successful with my blogs, with my posts. And when you stop worrying about numbers or about followers, you open yourself up to to the possibility of growth, right? Um, When you're not concerned about how many followers I have, um, you focus more on the writing and on the content that you're producing. And as a result, produce better content and people will follow.
1: Absolutely. I think that's very good advice for any social media outlet. Definitely. Yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do?
0: I would definitely get involved in the community a lot quicker. I think this was not a downfall. This was something I I definitely wish I could change, right? So the community um, on Twitter, on Stack Overflow, just the dev community in general is so um, involved. It was really hard for me in the first few years of my career and throughout college to, like I, I mentioned earlier, to find my niche I didn't really know what I was super passionate about, and part of that was not having the exposure to the community. So I highly would recommend any new developer um, or anyone in IT get involved in the conversations happening on social media, read blogs, you know, stay up to date. And it's going to be a lot easier for you to be passionate about IT if you see others excited about the field.
1: And what career objectives are you currently focusing on?
0: I am really focusing on the concept of a UX engineer. Um, this is something new that I've recently been really passionate about. And essentially, what a UX engineer is is a front-end developer who sits between um, engineering and design. So often, I find that engineers don't have, you know, a base level understanding of design and They sit so closely together that it's really kind of a necessary role. We need advocates in the position um, who are familiar with both design and engineering. So right now I'm focused on how can UX engineers become more accepted as a viable career path? And for me, like having this creative aspect, I thoroughly enjoy design, but this UX engineering role is something so new that it's not as widely accepted or revered or even just known about in the tech industry and this is something that i would really love to get more companies on board with
1: yeah that's that's interesting i haven't heard um of that as, as a concept so far so that's that's interesting i'll be keen to hear how that goes
0: yeah definitely and one of the the biggest roles within this um ux engineering position is to create component libraries so for example like to create React components based on the designs that any engineering team can take. And from the get-go, they're accessible, they're responsive, they're you know up to these levels of design that perhaps in the course of the current development flow... Those things might get left out just, you know, due to time constraints. So if we have a UX engineer who, who works with a design team to create like react components or view components, and then work with the engineering team to implement these components, um, it can alleviate a whole lot of issues that we're currently having.
1: And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
0: I would definitely say communication. We hear a lot about soft skills in the tech industry and how it's a coveted skill. Soft skills are very important. And communication is definitely the number one thing that I think has helped me. Being able to present your ideas well, being able to structure your, not arguments, I don't want to say arguments, but if you're in a discussion, you know, let's say you have to make a technical decision as a team, being able to articulate your thoughts very precisely And learn how to listen is the big one, right? Um, We need to be better listeners to everyone on our team. And, you know, learning from my quote unquote worst career moment, communication is something that we take for granted. Um, We need to be better about articulating what are the things that we need for this project to be successful? What pieces of information do we need? So learning how to proactively have these discussions and have them effectively is very important.
1: Emma, Can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience?
0: I highly encourage you to push through the hard times. Um, Imposter syndrome is something we hear a lot about. It's kind of the fear of being exposed for, I guess, pretending that you know something in the tech industry or in your field and being exposed is not fully understanding. The concepts that you're advocating for, um, and to be honest, these these feelings don't go away, unfortunately, but they do appear less frequently. And so, you know, when you're starting out, it can be very overwhelming with all of the information in this industry that you have to absorb. But I encourage you just keep pushing. Everyone was there at some point. If you see industry leaders on, on social media or in the industry, they started in the same place that you are currently starting. So don't get discouraged, just keep pushing forward and you'll eventually get to a point where you are much more confident in your skills.
1: Yep, absolutely. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you?
0: You are so welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. Um, It's just my first and last name, Emma That's probably the best way. I'm generally checking my direct messages and I, and I try to respond to everyone. So feel free to send me a direct message. I'm happy to hear from you. I'm happy to help you if there's anything that I can do to encourage you or, or to help you get through a tough
1: time. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
0: Yeah, thanks so much, Phil. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest's career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com/e, and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry, and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember... If you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career.
0: Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.